Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Father, we come before you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to speak to our hearts. You're going to change our lives uh, with your word, Father. Your word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what it's sent forth to accomplish. So we ask that you would accomplish something in us today. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. And so um, last week I gave a message. The title of my message was, you need to hone what you own. And this is kind of like the second part of that message. I'm going a little bit of a different direction. But I want to recap uh, right now uh, from last week. If we go to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, we're going to do a little recap. It says here, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash, and while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the wine press in order to hide it from the Midianites. Okay? And look what the next verse says. And the angel of the Lord came, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And so what I was driving home last week was the fact that um, God saw something in Gideon that he couldn't see in himself. God saw something in Gideon that he didn't necessarily see in himself. And I encouraged you last week with this same thought that God sees something in you that many times we don't see in ourselves. There's, there's, a, there's a positive characteristic about you. There's a positive um, quality that you have that God wants to use. God couldn't just use any man. He had to look for a man who had valor. And when he found that man, namely Gideon, he was able to use him in a powerful way. Okay? And he said this in Judges chapter 6, verse 14. He said, Go in this might of yours, and you will save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Right? And, and the whole thought here was that many times we are, in a sense, expecting God to do stuff for us that he isn't going to do for us. How many hear what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is the helper. The Holy Spirit is not the doer. We're the ones who have to do the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit comes alongside and helps us to do it, all right? And so what we saw last week, summarizing last week, was that Israel was oppressed by the Midianites. They were coming like locusts, and they were attacking Israel. They were taking their crops. uh, They were just overpowering Israel. And um, God had to raise up a man who was able to take care of this problem, all right? But the first thing God had to do was he asked Gideon to go and tear down the altars that his father had built, the altar to Baal and Ashtoreth. And many times there's things in our lives that we have to tear down before God can use our qualities. Before God can use what he's built into us, there's certain things in our lives that we need to tear down. Why? Because many times the enemy can have a legal doorway into our lives. The enemy has a legal access to our life because we're we're in sin or we're breaking the commandments of God. And so what he did was he went and he tore down the idol worship that was in his lineage, was in his generations. He tore it down. And then God said, now I can use you in authority and power. All right? Now, last week I gave you a homework assignment. And I hope you all did it. And if you didn't do it, you can do it this week. I'm, I will show mercy. It's not a big deal. And the, whole, the, whole, the homework assignment was this. Ask three people, what is your positive attributes? What, in you, what, what do they see in you that's a positive attribute? Um, 
And then to prayerfully offer those attributes to God. Say, God, I offer this gift and the strength that I have. Because many times, I don't know if you're like me, but many times as humans, what we do is we always self-criticize. We look at the areas where we're flawed and we say, you know, I just got to be better. If I could only do this better. If I, if I could only play the drums like Scott, right? If I could only sing like Bianca, you know, whatever. And we're always saying we're comparing ourselves one with another, but God has something in you that he wants to use, something in you that God wants to put his spirit upon. You might be an accepting person. You might be accommodating. You might be decisive. You might be educated. Whatever it is, there's something that you have that you can add to the kingdom of God. And, um, and then we talked about in Judges chapter 6, verse 33 to 35, it says, But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, and the people gathered behind him. And the point I drove home last week was this, that in the actual Hebrew, it says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed himself with Gideon. And it's a, it's a different twist of, of, of revelation. You have to think differently. See, when, when you allow the Holy Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit and through the, the fruit of the Spirit to work character in you, God looks down and says, there's somebody that I can use, and I want to clothe myself with that person so that I will get glory. Right? I gave the example last week. I bought a nice shirt. The reason why I, I wear a nice shirt is so that I can look good. And how many know God wants to look good? And if you're slothful and you don't pray and you have sin in your life and you're saying, God, use me, use me, come upon me. He's going to say, no, no, no. If I put you on, I'm going to look bad. Right? God wants to put us on. We talk about putting on the Spirit of God. God is saying, I want to put you on. But I want you to allow me to do a work in your life and change you from the inside out. All right? And so here's the thing. God wants us to hone what we own. Can you say it with me? God wants me to hone what I own. And here, here, here it is, okay? The word hone means to sharpen. It means to sharpen a blade, to refine or perfect something over a period of time. God wants to refine you. God wants to perfect you over a period of time so that when we meet the Lord Jesus, and how many know the day is coming soon where we're going to meet the Lord Jesus in the clouds. The end times are here. We're moving into a time where we're going to meet the Lord, and he, we're going to be like a bride without spot or wrinkle. So we have to be willing to say, God, I want to be refined, and I want to deal with issues in my life. So I'm ready to meet you. How many hear what I'm saying? Okay. And here's the, here's the process of how God does this. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, and um, I'm going to read it out of the, uh, it says here, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. And I love how the Passion Translates, Translation says it. It says, it takes a grinding wheel to sharpen a blade. And so one person sharpens the character of another. So look at your neighbor and say, are you my grinding wheel? Like God, sometimes, sometimes what God is doing is he wants us to, to rub each other the wrong way, show areas in our lives where, you know, you need to, you need to be sharpened in that area. You need to deal with this issue in your, in your life because God wants to bring us to maturity. God wants to bring us to character. All right? That's what God is after. And so today I want to go to Matthew chapter 25, Matthew chapter 25. And we're going to look at what Jesus said, and this is all in, uh, in reference to end time teaching as we're moving close here. So go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, 
And uh, we're going to read it together. The parable of the talents. The parable of the talents. So we'll go there. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. It's like a man. He's giving an analogy here. Who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. and, And to one he gave five talents. To another he gave two talents. And to another he gave one. Each in according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So I want to note a few things here. Number one. This is what the kingdom of God is like. So we can take a a clear picture from this. Number two, the man who leaves entrusts and gives responsibility to three men. I I want to say this to you today is that God is entrusting with us with, with something that's very valuable. God has given you stuff. He's given you talents. He's given you abilities. He's given me talents and abilities. In this parable, we're talking specifically about money, but it's much value. And, and he entrusts us and gives us responsibility, okay? The next thing I want to note here is it says that he gave each according to his own ability. I have an ability. My wife has an ability. Her ability is keeping me in line, by the way. Right? We, we all have abilities, right? And, and God will give to each according to his or her ability. He's not going to put something on you that you can't handle. All right? God gives based on ability, and ability comes by welcoming the grinding wheel. It really does. It comes by by saying, God, I'm willing to go through a little bit of training, a little bit of sharpening. I'm willing to allow people to speak into my life so that I can knock off the sharp edges and I can be effective for you. You know, I love this analogy of David when he was a shepherd. He went out, and he went to the the brook. And so there's a stream of water, this river that was just running. There was a strong current. In, and he reached down, and the Bible says he picked up five smooth stones. And, and, and you have to realize that those stones weren't always smooth, but they were, they were sharp and, and, and rugged. We were at the beach the other day, and my kids were having fun picking up pieces of glass. They call it beach glass. And you find all different colors. People throw their beer bottles in or whatever. And, and, and the, 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 the tide and the water and the stones cause this piece of glass to become round and it looks like a little gemstone. How many know what I'm talking about? And this is what happened. As the, as the river flows, it causes the stones to grind and rub up against each other and knock off the edges. And as, as people of God, we say, hey, we want to move with the Holy Spirit. And, and we got to realize when we say that means when God's Holy Spirit moves like a river, sometimes we're going to rub against each other the wrong way. It's called conviction. The Holy Spirit's going to start to show areas in your life. And he says, that, that, that attitude's got to go. That fear in your life, we're going to knock that off. And someone might have to confront you and say, hey, brother, I see, I see that you're fearful. And you, I don't want to hear that. Leave my fear alone. That's my edge, and you're not touching it, right? And and it can be any area of our life where God wants to birth character in us. He wants to knock the edge off. And how he does is he comes by his Holy Spirit, and he moves through a current and causes his body to rub each other the wrong way until we become smooth. Because if David would have taken up a sharp rock with all these edges and and took his, his swing and he threw it, it could have been projected off of an edge and missed the target entirely. 
But if, the, if you're smooth and you allow God to build character in you and knock all the rough edges off, you can become a giant killer in the hands of God. He said, I can use that person because he allowed the process of God to come and knock the edges off. And sometimes we're saying, God, deliver me from this situation. I don't like it. You know, um, I, I worked for a guy, and uh, he was nasty. Like, he criticized everything I did. And I was still, this is going back um, 18, 19 years ago, but I, I really struggled with rejection. And I, this, this boss I had would, like, criticize every single thing I did. Why did you do it that way? I would have done it this way. You could have did a better job. And it was constant. It went on for months, and I'm like, God, I cannot please this guy. And I was dealing with rejection, and then I was getting bitter in my heart, and I was getting offended. How many know if you're going to be a pastor, you, you, you can't get offended all the time? Because people are going to say things, you know? How many know if you're a business owner, you can't fly off the handle and fire them whenever you want to? I mean, there's, there's protocol. You can't lose it, right? And God knew if I became a pastor and I was still dealing with this insecurity and still dealing with this bitterness and offense... How many know he couldn't use me? And so I, this boss is constantly criticizing. And I, I, I did it for about a year. And then finally I came into his office and I said, man, I don't think this is working. Like, I'm going to have to quit because you don't like anything I do. And, you know, this is, this is just not going to work. And I, I'm just giving my two weeks notice. And he looked at me and he said, no, I really like you. You're a good worker. I want you to stay. In fact, I'll give you a raise. Here's a dollar more an hour, right? And so I said, man, he's changing. And then I kept working for the guy and, and uh, he, he, he never changed. But, but you, see, you see, see the situation here, that God needed to use the situation to refine me and to train me, and I didn't like it. But God was knocking some sharp edges off my life, okay? And so God gives, he gives five talents to one servant, okay? The master gives two talents to one servant, and he gives one talent to the third servant. Now, a talent is very valuable. If you, if you don't know what it is, a talent of silver in those days was equal to about 100 pounds of silver, okay? Or it was, it was equal to uh, 200 pounds of gold. One talent was 600 days of pay for an individual in those days. So, so the master wasn't saying to the servants, here's a dollar for you, here's five dollars for you, and here's two dollars. No, it was like, here's like a million dollars, okay? Here's two million. Like he was giving out much value, and then he immediately left and went on a journey, okay? And let's go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 16 to 18. Then he who received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained how many more? Two more. But he who had received one thing went and dug it in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Two servants invested in order to multiply the Lord's money. Two servants said, we're going to take what God has given us, the abilities, the talents. In this case, it's money. We're going to duplicate it. We're going to multiply it. We're going to be faithful. Why? Because God had said, I'm, this master had said to his servants, I'm going, to, I'm going to entrust this to you. I want you to occupy. I want you to work for me. Uh, it was all an issue of stewardship. Okay. The third man went dug in the ground, and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. 
And now we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25, verse 19 to 23. Let's see what it says. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, the one who received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. And so the first two servants were faithful. And you know what faithful means? It means full of faith. They, they, were, they were full of faith. They were faithful to God because they trusted God, or in this case, they trusted the master. And the master's intention, listen what the master's intention was. The master's intention was to, to give them money so they could be faithful stewards and so that he could promote them in their responsibility. How many know God wants to promote you? This life that we live in is just a dressing room for eternity. That's all it is. God is dressing us up. He's preparing us. He's giving us projects so that as we're faithful, it will determine the level in eternity, how we're going to serve, what we're going to have authority over. How many know eternity is a long time? How many would think being faithful with what God gives us is important? We have to be good, good stewards, okay? And so let's look at the third servant. Matthew chapter 25, verse 24 to 25. Then he who had received the one talent said to the Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. And, and this is really important because the problem is always perception. He said, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered seed. And that's a truth statement because he left and he went on a journey and he said, I want you to occupy while I'm gone. And so the Bible says, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown, gathering where you've not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here's what is yours. I knew you to be a hard man. And, and my question to you today is, how do you know God? Um, do you know him as a hard man? You know, the word hard, actually, I have a little definition here. Pulled up the word. It means to be stern, to be offensive, to be violent, to be rough, to be intolerable. And so in the mind of the third servant, he, he was thinking, okay, the, the, the master is hard, he's intolerable, he's a, he's a slave driver, and, and, and many people see God that way. They really do, and, and maybe, maybe in a sense for good reason, because he was not represented to you properly. And you think, well, God's just going to strike me with lightning anytime I do something wrong. God, God is out to get me. God's not out to promote me. He's out to get me. So, so, so what happens is, is what happens here is when fear comes in, immediately you hide. And this is what this guy did, okay? He went and hid his talent, how many know that, you know, sometimes you can hide even the good things about you because you're afraid? What are you afraid of? Well, you can be afraid of all kinds of things. 
And um, let's move on and we'll get back to that. Matthew chapter 25, verse 26 to 28. And the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I had not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Okay? And so the first two servants are rewarded with further responsibility. And the third servant was judged as inactive and lazy. All because he had a wrong perspective of the master which caused fear, which caused him to bury the goods instead of using them. You know, it's, it's so important that we realize that God has entrusted us with stuff. God has entrusted you with family. God has entrusted you with talents and abilities. God has entrusted you with finances. Has he not? And this isn't to, this isn't to put a heavy on anybody, because guess what? The Bible says his mercies are new how often? So you know what? You can look back and you can see wreckage in your past in relationships. You can see wreckage all over the place, but it's a new day. And so you hear this message today, and you can make a decision today to say, you know what, God, I want to be like the first two servants. who I want to I take what you give me. I want to invest it. I want to use my gifts and abilities. I want to use my talents. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to bury what you put in me. I want to use it. How many hear what I'm saying today? And so... God is, God is doing an amazing thing. But we have to be careful that we don't allow fear in. And fear will only come in when we don't have a revelation of God's love. That will totally destroy us and bring us out of um, revelation. So let's go down to 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 19. If you can bring that up on the... Computer, that'd be great. And I'm starting in verse 16. It says, but this we know, this is how we know love. Because he laid down his life for us, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has his world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God dwell in him? This whole parable is talking about the love of God. If, if we don't have the love of God as a foundation in our heart, if we don't have the perception that God loves us, that he sent his son to die for us, then we're never going to be able to be faithful servants. How many hear what I'm saying? Amen? God wants us to have that revelation. Now, going back to Matthew, we're going to close up with just a couple more scriptures here. If you read on this chapter, it really goes to lay the groundwork for what Jesus is talking about. I'm just going to read it to you, and then I'm going to talk with you. Talk with you. So this is uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. And when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. This is after the tribulation. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left. And then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you by the foundation, from the foundations of the world. Verse 35. For I was hungry and you gave me food. 
I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And so, God, we're in a season right now where God is shifting the body of Christ. And God wants us to be the hand, not just the mouth of Jesus, proclaiming the word, but also to be the hands of Jesus. And one of the shifts that's happening and, and God has kind of orchestrated and I'm making public, some of you heard this, I'm making public to the church now, is that um, starting in August, we're, we're going to be running up a feeding program where two days a week we're going to be feeding our community, we're going to have lunches, and because of COVID-19, we're going to have bag lunches at this time where people can come and receive lunches. And we're overseeing... Uh, and managing, there'll be three or four other churches involved with it, doing a couple days a week. We're going to be feeding our community because the Salvation Army is closing, um, unfortunately. And it'll be a great loss in our community. But Captain Rob reached out, and he really felt that it was the Lord's leading that we would continue this work. And uh, the other thing we're going to be doing is at Christmas time, we're going to be doing the hamper program where we feed 350 families in our community that can't, you know, they, they just need help at Christmas. We're going to do that at Christmas. We're also going to be helping with the prison ministry, Canadian prison ministry, where we're going to be taking care of uh, the families of inmates, bringing Christmas gifts to, you know, spouses and children of inmates that are in the system right now. Because there's a shift happening where, as the body of Christ, we need to begin to be the hands of Jesus. Because how many know that when Something like this happens, an economic shift takes about six months to eight months before you begin to see the results. But there's going to be a need for the church to, to be the hands of Jesus. And so we have the opportunity to do that. And as an eldership team, we got together and we started talking about it. And we all felt like, well, you know, it's going to be a lot of work. And, you know, I don't know. And, and, and then as we prayed about it, we said, no, we have to do this. Based on this scripture, we have to, in this season, we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus. When you see someone who's hungry and you feed them, you're feeding Jesus. When you see someone who's, who's struggling and, and with addiction issues and you say, I'm going to get down there on your level and help you, you're helping Jesus because Jesus is with them. How many hear what I'm saying? And so in less than a few weeks, we're going to be kicking off feeding people twice a week. And so we need to know quite quickly who wants to be involved in volunteering their time, working with us, because we're going to, we're going to kick off and we're going to help our community. Because how many know that we have to be the light on a hill? And as we do the work of the Lord by feeding people and helping people and clothing people, we're going to do it in the name of Jesus. And he'll get the glory and the kingdom will advance. Amen? And so my question to you today is, you know, well, let me just pray. Father, I just pray right now, God, 
that you would help us as your people to be good stewards of the gifts and the talents that you have given us. Help us to recognize those gifts, those talents, those people around us. Everything that's been given to us, God, we want to be good stewards. We put aside, we ask for your forgiveness, Father. If we've been lazy and slothful in the past, Lord, your mercy is new. And we're just saying, God, can you just stir up an, an excitement in our hearts to recognize what you've given us so that we can be today become better stewards of what you've given us. Help us to focus on what we can give, not just what we can get from you. And as we move into this next season, we get to serve our community. We get to serve the those who need help, that need a shoulder to cry on. God, I pray that you'd open up eyes so that when we stand before you one day on Judgment Day, you will look and say, you guys are sheep because you cared for those that nobody seemed to care for. You did it unto me. In Jesus' name. Just keep playing there, David. If you're in this, if you're watching by live stream and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says, call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved. You just have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins and that God raised from the dead. And he'll send his Holy Spirit to live in you and change you from the inside out. And so if that's you, you say, I want to know Jesus. I want to, I want to know I have a personal relationship with him. I don't want to be like that servant that thinks, well, he's a hard man. No, he's not a hard man. He, he sent his son to die for you. He loves you. He has a plan for you. I want you to pray with me right now. And I'll get you to join me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I ask you to send your Holy Spirit. Forgive me for my sins and cleanse me from the inside out. In Jesus' name. If you said that prayer and you believe it in your heart, the Bible says you will be saved. We want to welcome you to the family of God. He has a plan and a purpose for you, and he wants to use you. So I want you to press into him and go after God with everything you got in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to say bye to those on the live stream. It was great to have you with us, and uh, we're going to finish this stream. And so next week, if you want to come to the building, it's um, 9.15, or you can follow the live stream at 11. Okay? So God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.